I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown! The 90s, a decade that shaped a generation. Definitely, maybe, Oasis. But seriously, Phil Collins, these days, Bon Jovi, we all look back at the 90s music like it's out of time, REM. Some say it's a different class, Pulp. We are here to count down the top 10, Pearl Jam, albums of the 90s. Here's Neil, our fact hunter, to add a little spice, Spice Girls, to the pod. The man who, Travis, is about to give us 10 facts about 90s albums. Thank you very much, pal. So, the biggest selling album in the UK in the 90s was, would anybody hazard a guess? What the story, UK? Morning Glory. In, well done, in the pal. UK. In the UK, yeah. <laughs> Beat you to it, Leon. Um, in the UK. Yes, it was Oasis mm. with What's the Story, selling a whopping 4.16 million copies. So the biggest selling album in the world was, anybody care to guess? Got to be Nevermind, Nirvana. No, it was Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. Really? Okay, okay. <laughs> Worldwide, Mariah Carey was the biggest selling artist of the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest selling touring band of the 90s was the Rolling Stones. <laughs> The 90s has now overtaken the 60s in a recent poll of the decade with the best music. <laughs> Blur and Oasis were so big in the mid-90s, at one time their fight to get to number one made the main headline news. <laughs> Nirvana's pivotal song, Smells Like Teen Spirit, got its title from a deodorant. <laughs> At 8 minutes and 57 seconds, November Rain was the biggest song to reach the... The longest song, even, rather than the biggest song to reach the Billboard Top 10. <laughs> Candle in the Wind by Elton John was the biggest selling single in the 90s. <laughs> and Everything I Do, I Do It For You by Brian Adams held the top spot for an amazing 16 weeks in 1991, a record that is still held. <laughs> 
And there thank, we are. Thank, thank you for those, uh, Neil. Um, just to let you know, oh, ladies and gentlemen, let me please welcome our guest, Rock God, and the man who I wish I only had half of his hair. It's Leon Day, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Hello, Leon. Thank you. Thank you for having me on there. Well, it's you know we've got we've come a long way from big cop action, haven't we? All those I've, I've got to ask, what were those? What were those little sound bites in between Neil's facts? Can you remember when Barry Gibb played the legend? It is that. It is that. The legend stays <laughs> at Glastonbury, like and then he did, like uh, this random thing. He was on his guitar. And his, his, me this. his wife was like side of the stage. And for some reason he turned and just went. <laughs> for no reason. And so I caught that clip for, for I remember many you telling me about that. Oh my goodness. Right. So we are here to count down our top 10 90s albums. Now, music by very definition is subjective. And what one person likes, the other person hates. The the fact there about that the nineties are taken over the sixties as the best decade for music, um, I don't get that. I honestly don't. This age thing, obviously, it's, it's an, an age, age thing. thing, isn't it? And um, it will, it'll be surpassed in a few decades' time by something else as well. I don't know, Leon. Would you agree with that that the nineties is the best decade for music? For me, it's the eighties. Uh, I don't know whether it's, that's it's, yeah, but that's difficult. I mean, um, it's it's the best decade for lots of different reasons for different people, isn't it? And the age that you're at is important. I think, um, I mean, for me, I, yeah, I'm with you on, I'm crossing over from probably the latter half of the eighties into the beginning of the nineties because of my age, you know, um, I was just, you know, beginning of the nineties, I'm 17, 18 music's a massive part of my life. Um, so you're really soaking it up then, but at the same time, uh, that's a really bold statement to say the nineties is overtaking the sixties. There was it was a uh, recent poll. I mean, it's, it, whether you believe, but, that, but that's yeah. the point. Who 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 buy there? Did anybody that was around listening to music in the sixties actually bother to <laughs> go in that poll? Yeah. Were they like, nah, can't be arsed. They wouldn't know how to work um, out Twitter or anything. I don't, I don't <laughs> think. I don't think. I think the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, possibly a little bit noughties of. of have all equally had some amazing music mm. in them, you know. Uh, oh, of course, I can't really judge. When yeah. you can, when, how can you? How when can you play you? live, Leon, and you do your set of covers, yeah. primarily, what decade are your covers from? Probably the 90s. Because of Probably the knew. 90s. Because of, of that was when I was soaking up music more than anything mm. else. But I, I play music right back into the late fifties because great music's been made since the late fifties. Absolutely, absolutely. So is. I won't go as far as say I don't go much further than the early noughties, though. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm no. gonna kind of answer I'm gonna kind of answer that question without answering it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes Leon, sense. <laughs> Leon does an evening of little peep covers. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck? I, is I, I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there you go. I'm down. No idea. Is, is that the one with the sheep? <laughs> Very well, good. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, dear. <coughs> right, we don't give a shit about any other decade for this podcast episode. It's all nineties. Uh, and there's no there's no swearing to worry about either. By the sound oh, of it. Oh so fuck say, no. No, that's cool. I'm glad I can say. If you have just done the last podcast we um we've we, done, we, yeah, it was all about swear words. Yeah, so. okay. 
So yeah, don't worry. <laughs> this will definitely uh well and again, because you're a rock god, I mean, I'm assuming that you're drinking neat whiskey or neat gin or neat vodka um, from that glass. Smir- Smirnoff. I mean. Smirnoff, yeah. Of course, because <laughs> you're you're and I'm sure you've got groupies just out of camera level there, just oh, to... oh of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't expect any come, come here. <laughs> <laughs> Right, anyway, so no. let, here we go then. Right, so we need number 10 for your top 10 90s albums. Leon, you can go first. Okay, top 10 for me is going to be uh, Delamitri's Twisted. Okay. Which came out in 1995. And, and what and what hits did it have on it? Is that the one with all the, um, the big hits? The, the, biggest, the biggest hit off of it would probably, I think it was the first single, which was Roll To Me. Right, okay. Everybody remember Roll To Me? Yeah, very, yeah, Very, yeah. catchy, but probably less than three minutes long. So you would have had Roll To Me on it, uh, Here and Now, um, Tell Her This, Driving With The Brakes On. It depends if you're a Delamitri fan. I mean, Roll To Me was the really big one that kind of, but it was, they, obviously they hadn't stopped, you know, recording, doing albums, but this was kind of the album that really pushed them back into the mainstream again. So didn't that, uh, nothing ever happened on it then? No, no, that's off of uh, Waking Hours, which is the first album, I think. Right, okay. Or oh, well, the early album. I think there was an earlier one than that, but it wasn't a mainstream release. Uh, I think Waking Hours was their big breakthrough, which is, I'm going to take a stab at this and say about 86, something like that. So we're talking, you know, 10 years later. But it's, it's crammed with amazing music. If You know, if you're not a fan, I'd say listen to it because it's got yeah. everything from the kind of acoustic folk almost type stuff and Justin Curry's amazing lyrics right through to pop a good old bluesy rock and roll stuff. There's some amazing guitar work on there. Um, it's got everything. It's a cracking album. And they did one of the greatest football songs, the underrated <laughs> football song. I fucking knew you were going to say that. Don't come home too song. soon. I bought that. I bought that on I six. don't remember that. Can't you remember it? It's, yeah, it's, you it's, know, it was... Yeah, it's not it's not your three lions, and it's not all about no. attacking. Sadly, the they did come home too soon. They quite did. shortly after it's. Released. It was the Scottish. It was a Scottish Cup song, and it was literally, you know, you're oh. you go off, you go, but just don't don't come home too soon. But also, it's just a great song. It doesn't have to be a football song. Do you know what I mean? There isn't cheering yeah. and stuff like that, and it's a beautiful, beautiful song. It's one of my favorite. I like Delamitri. They did a um, a session for I think Chris Evans on Virgin Radio about a month ago. That's right. They got a new album out. Um, oh, Sounded cool really now. good. They so, are. They. 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 They, yeah, they, they are great. Consistently great. I don't know yeah. how many original members there are now, but they're all getting up there now. But no. they're. Uh, great and he, st- he still looks good. Justin Curry in it. Justin Curry and Ian Harvey is yeah. the guitarist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good. Okay then, um, Neil, you're number ten. U 2s Actung Baby. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Only number 10. Only number 10. But okay. it, yeah, okay. it, I found this list to be quite a hard list to draw. So what I went on is albums that I still listen to now, if that makes uh-huh. sense. Because there is so many classic albums. But U2's Acton Baby, I always remember buying it on cassette with a, a, a Virgin voucher or whatever it was, an R-Price voucher, and buying it on cassette. Just completely being blown away by it because it was a complete departure for them, wasn't it? If you think after the Joshua Tree, oh, totally rattling hum, it was mm. it was new, and you know they got their first number one off of it, didn't they? The fly, yeah, the fly, yeah. Um, was that number one? The f- no, actually, that wasn't their first number one. I thought it was. That's what I read. Um, no, the first number one was Desire. Yeah, that oh, was, was true. It? 
Oh, yeah. it, it, was, yeah. it was number one for one week, I think, The Fly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can remember that being number one. But, you know, Mysterious Ways, what a great song. It's just loaded with great songs and timeless sure. songs as well. Um, yeah. I'm not always the biggest U2 fan, especially nowadays, um, some of the stuff they do. I had the reverse because i have been a massive fan since the mid-'80s. Yeah. Um, and I loved, like, Rattle and Herm, Joshua Tree. And when that first came out, and I heard the fly, I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and I was really not, yeah. not keen at all. And it took me a little while and a bit of listening to and a kind of acceptance that they turned the corner and changed direction. And they were no longer the cool kind of like leather waistcoats, cowboys guys. There's, they're all wearing makeup and, and sequins and shit. And I'm thinking, mm. what's going on? But I actually revisit that album because I've got it on vinyl. It was the last YouTube album I bought on vinyl, I think, before. Um, and it is. It's a, it's a good, solid album. There's some mm. really good stuff on there. Uh, so, I, yeah. Really I, I, I'm not going to say too much about it now because I want to. I've got it a little bit further up in my oh, okay. uh, in my campaign. Yeah. Um, but my number ten, uh, and a, a shout out to Joe, um, who left us a little comment on uh, on Facebook earlier on. Uh, number ten for me is Spice by the Spice Girls. <laughs> you shit. No, well, and and it's. It, I'll tell you I what. It was a joke. No, I'll tell you what. It's more for the fact that. Pop wise, it summed up exactly what the nineties were. Right. Okay. And, and they and up. they were and they were so big. I mean, oh. I don't even think that, that the kids of today realize quite what a phenomenon yeah, they were. The, the Spice Girls were. Yeah. And I can remember my kids like at that time all wanting those big platform shoes. Do you know what I mean? And and, and the dolls and, and the dolls. Well, they was, all had the dolls. It was yeah. it was mental the how the how it was marketing genius, really. Absolutely yeah. it was. Absolutely yeah. it was. they they yeah. all had their own their own image, their own little nickname. Yeah. Um but if you also look at it just from the music point of view, there's some cracking pop songs on mm. that album. All of their singles, I mean, again, perfectly chosen singles. Yeah. Um, and it was it was all just a perfect package. I think just that album is a, a great snapshot in time of like the, the mid-90s, of like where... Was it, yeah, yeah. 96, was it? I think it was around 95, 96, 96 yeah. 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 So... Um, so yeah, so I know that Joe put on the chat earlier on, said, you know, yes. Leon, I hope you mentioned the Spice Girls. Um, so Joe, I've got your back, mate. Number 10, Spice Girls, uh, Spice. Okay, uh, Leon, number nine. All right, so before I go further, I'll say that a bit like what Neil was thinking, when I was compiling this list, obviously incredibly hard. Yes. Um, I just tried to think of albums that I literally, during that time and up to now, just play, have played to death. You know, literally, well, I, I just, I've, I've worn cassettes out near enough and they're still, you know, still love them as much today. Um, so maybe controversially for the 90s, I'm going to go with an REM album for number nine, but it's not all night for people. It's out of time. Okay. Um, because it was the first time I, I'd kind of heard bits and pieces of REM, you know, the one I love and end of the world. And of course, the massive single of this was Losing My Religion. And suddenly, all of a sudden, everyone seemed to be talking about REM and really taking notice. Um, and there's the feel-good ones, like Shiny Happy People. But I just love to like, you know, a radio song. It's just a great opener on that album. Uh, Near Wild Heaven and, and all, the, all, the, all the tracks that are on there. There's one called Me and Honey and things like that. Mm. They're, they're just, it's, nobody does feel-good songs better than REM, mm. I think. Yeah. And, and they have this weird 
the weird way of actually writing sometimes quite almost like you know melancholic um, lyrics over these amazing upbeat tunes. And you, you're singing along, you're dancing, you think, God, this is actually quite. If you, if I was reading this out, I guess it's a bit like the the whole um, Smiths thing. Some of, some of Morris's lyrics are terribly depressing, but some of the songs are really upbeat. And, yeah. You know, but um, yeah, so for me, I, I'm going to go rather than the probably slightly more predictable or Mac for the people I'm going for uh, out of time. I mean, it's which a, is 91. 91. It's an amazing one two punch, mm. those two albums. You know, yeah, to, yeah. To, to come up with an album, I mean, again, we've got a duplicate there. I've got it a little bit further up in my um, right. top 10 out of time because it was that album. It's like a gateway album for me. It was yeah, like, yeah. You, 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 you love the album and then you start going backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can remember they did a they did a MTV Unplugged. And right. they did things like Perfect Circle, I think was one of the songs. Oh, that's that's and yeah, that yeah. Fall on me, track. Fall on me was Fall another. on me. Is off, so so then you go back. Thirty-five years old today, yeah. I think. Is it? That's mental. So you go back. I think just yeah. And, and you go back and you think, oh my god, where where have this band been? Because mm-hmm. you sort of they they break on the scene, especially in England, and you think, oh my god, this is their debut album, and then you realise they've been going like 10 years before but you keep you keep counting back and you go back to green before that that's right and then document before that and then life mm. i think it's reckoning possibly um or no it might be life's rich pageant before that I, I get those two mixed up um and it's just all brilliant it's just so yeah. many good songs yeah you know yeah it's, they they they're one of those consistently good but a, a, a little bit like you two as well where but they also just but a also bit. sadly gone and, and with yeah. no intentions of returning no which is a shame yeah. which is a shame all right and neil what's your number nine madonna's ray of light oh. i just think is a great oh. album still holds up today um i was a bit of a fan of madonna in the 80s who wasn't a yeah pop princess <laughs> fancy um and then uh, sort of the early 90s you know with the true blue was that early 90s sort of i think that was late 80s I think. yeah but the one that she was sort of still in that pop phase I didn't enjoy them as much, you know, and, and then this album came out and it was, uh, what's his name, wasn't it? Uh, William, was it William Orbital? William Orbit. Orbit, wasn't it? Um, William did, Orbit, yeah. did it, and it was stuff. such a change again for her with just the singles out of it, great singles, a whole new thing for her, reinventing herself, wasn't she? The queen of reinvention. Yeah. And I just think it still holds up as a blinding album. Mm. Blinding album. Good choice. Um, for number nine, I've got to I want to get especially your view on this, um, Leon, being a hard rocker like you are. Um <laughs> right. uh, I've I've gone for Keep the Faith, Bon Jovi. Now I played okay. this, All I right. played the shit out of this album, <clears throat> and again, a bit like REM in the fact that their next album these days again was a fantastic album. It was a great album. So how is Bon Jovi looked at? Because when I look back at them now, they it's almost like they're a bit of a parody band. Yeah. Does that, I know what does, you're that does that make sense? It's sort of like yeah, and, yeah. and I've seen footage of John Bon Jovi singing now and his voice is completely at shot. The wedding. Yeah. Well no, he just it was a it was a gig and he's trying to sing always and his voice yeah. is just completely gone and it is really yeah. sad to see. But some great songs. Uh, what's Bon Jovi like in the pantheon of like rock acts? I don't I don't know. Yeah, they've always become a little bit it's a bit bit old and cheesy and time to hang up yeah yeah I, what i don't understand is bands like that have almost kind of been written off but you still get bands like def leppard 
who were touring, doing massive sellout stadium tours and yeah. Vegas. I think they had a residency over there, you know, one of the places over there. And um, yeah, I, I don't really get it. I almost like Bon Jovi. I, I think they they just wore out their welcome. I don't really know. But I mean, I, I was listening, Ian, who I'm in the band with, was a massive Bon Jovi fan. Um, so I grew up listening, you know, listening to a lot of it by default, right back to the first self-titled album. Um, which is like very early 80s. Mm. Um, and there's some really great tunes on there. Funny enough, a lot of the ones I like are not necessarily the mainstream cheesy ones, but if you listen to New Jersey, which is the forerunner to um, keep the faith, there's some belting tunes on there. There's some really good stuff on there. Yeah. Um, but but keep the faith, like you say, was the one where they, they disappeared for a little bit. I think I remember Ian talking about there was rumours of the band splitting and it all going, you know, pear-shaped. And then all of a sudden they come back and they all look different. And he's got this signature haircut. Yeah. And he looks the bo- he looks the bollocks. He looks he does, really yeah. cool. And the band have got, you know, I mean, keep the faith. What a song. I mean, it's an awesome song, isn't it? There's some there's it's a, a, it's, a, it's a fantastic album. There's again, it's like one of those <clears> albums where there isn't a dud song on there. There really so, no, I didn't like the I didn't like the follow-up so much. What the these days? Yeah, well. Uh, uh, some of the songs there are some good songs but the one yeah. I, can, I can't stand always I hate it yeah, yeah I can see that and it's I can been see played that. to death and, yeah. and I just yeah but there are some is it that one that's got um, is it Dry Country on it and stuff yeah. like that yeah that's say, it. there's some cracking tunes on that album there's some really yeah. good stuff on it Lost Highway another one that's got but it's sort of like diminished returns you know like um, Keep the Faith has like I think got great songs all the way through it and then the next one these days has got you know Two or three that are fillers. Yeah, yeah. And then the Lost Highway. There's some um, seat next to you is a beautiful song, absolutely beautiful. And then he does a um, also does one with Leanne Rhymes. Some great sort of love songs on there. But mm-hmm. then there's like five or six that you class as fillers. You know, it's not like each each album as it goes has got less and less of the good songs on it. You know, um, yeah. it's just interesting because I always feel I feel like Def Leppard as well. It's almost like you could class them as a almost a Spinal Tap. Kind of, band. yeah. I know, I know what you're know what saying. I mean? It's sort of almost like they're taking the piss out of it. Rather, the than... trouble is, it's it's very it's very dated, and some of that music hasn't. The music has, but the the visuals haven't aged well. Exactly. It's very the music's you know to a point, you know, because I guess that's one of the things about rock music. It it seems almost ageless to a point, mm. apart from the changes with technology and different sounds. It's very you know, it's quite similar, you know, and it's big guitar solos, big drums, solos, and all the other stuff. Um, but visually, it's got, the 80s were particularly, you know, all the spandex and exactly and big stuff. Hair. It's, big hair, yeah, yeah, big hair. It's, it's got a little bit corny now, you know. Um, but yeah, anyway, yeah. yeah. So okay. good, good choice, man. There you go. Have you done your number nine, Neil? I did. It was you did. <laughs> yeah. Right, oh yeah. So, um, Leon then, your number eight. Right. So number eight, then I'm going to go for a corker. This is um, this is a band that I heard on the album before. This is their second album, and this is Reef and Glow, which was '97. Mm. Now I first heard Reef when they did a song called Naked. For do you remember the Sony Mini Disc advert? Oh, it was when when the Sony Mini Disc first came out. There was a band recording. In a, there's a guy who walked, and he can hear it from window and he's walking along and there's a band recorded and they're, pl- well, they're playing live and they drop their demo out the window. It gets knocked out the window 
and he picks it up. And this whole idea that it's quite versatile, this mini disc, you know, drops on the floor, and the guy picks it up, puts it in his player, and carries on listening to it. Oh right. And they were they they were Sony's big band. They was they were using them to sell their their new toy. Um, and the album, which was um, Replenish, the first album, great album. But they followed it up with Glow in '97, which had the big one, Place Your Hands on It, uh, Come Back Brighter, uh, You're Old, all these other. Just it's another one of those iconic albums of the time. If you know Reef and you know the songs, it's not it's not a bad song on the whole album. It's an absolute blinder. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've seen them several times off the back of of that album and what followed. Yeah, great, good band, good album. They're what one of those voice Gary Stringer's got. Yeah, what a voice. <clears throat> he has it, and those... it's got better and better. If you mm. listen to him now, his voice is just it's insane. His vocal range, yeah. it's nuts. I feel like they're a quintessential '90s band. Yeah, because they had they had the whole '90s look. Yeah. Well, um, they had. I say you, you know, every time you think of um, what's his name? Uh, what was the Chris Evans thing? Yeah, yeah TFI, 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 TFI Friday. TFI Friday. Yeah. You know, Uh Right, Neil, what's your number eight? So it's REM, but it's Monster. The Change. Oh, I just oh, absolutely man. love this album. I know it's good, good it album again. People. It does split people still. But it was the change from their acoustic sort of style into a lot heavier, music. wasn't it? Yeah. A lot heavier. You know, I love the Great track. What the frequency, Kenneth? It's oh, just, yeah, oh, it's blind. What a yeah. track, still. What a track. But yeah, that would. Uh, you know, I was on an R in whether to put it higher, but I thought no, no. There's still there's others on the list, but I'll talk more about REM later on in the list. I think. Okay, then. All right. Oh, all right. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so for me, number eight um, is "Sing When You're Winning," Robbie Williams. Um, it's not my favourite Robbie album um, definitely because his next one Escapology I think came out at the start of the 2000s and it's when he's with Guy Chambers that's when he is is at his tops and there's some fantastic tunes on this album and I felt he was one of those 90s again phenomenons you know he, he left hate that and it was always expected that Gary Barlow would be the one that would go off and have amazing success. And he didn't, I think, he, I think even he was expecting to get amazing success and almost didn't try. Whereas Robbie Williams started from the very start, you know, people saying that he was just, he was never going to make it. Um, and he became a bona fide pop star. Um, I've got a bit of a love hate related. I'll go in waves where I'll listen to his stuff and then, I'll get too much of him and feel no, he's too much up his own ass. And then I'll not listen to it. And then I'll fall in love with a lot of his stuff again. Um, but I think he deserved a mention. So I'm, um, and I, and and I'm not as cool as you two guys with your music choices. So I thought I'll put Robbie in there. So, you know, three gone and I've already got Robbie and Spice Girls. I think I'm looking pretty good. I mean, Robbie (laughs) probably was one of the biggest selling, well, at least touring. Was it Nebworth he did in the 90s? Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, two two, two gigs there, yeah. Not many many people can claim to do that, could they? No, not at all. Not at all. So, yeah, I think he deserves a a place in the top ten. Leon, you're number seven. Right, number seven, I'm going for uh, Faith No More and Angel Dust. Okay. Which is an absolute corking album. I mean, it's, I must have played this to death. Um, the one, um, what was the album before? Um, it's popped up in my head now. Um, oh, I can't think of the, the album before it's popped up in my head now. I'll get it in a minute. 
But um, the album before it, it's very, very different. You've got From Out of Nowhere and Epic and stuff on it. That's the song and, I know from Faith. Yeah, Mike Patton's got this kind of high sort of squeaky voice in it. And then all of a sudden Angel Dust comes out and it's almost like he's a different guy singing. He's completely changed. He's, he's a different sort of, you know, pitch in how he's singing. And the songs are just, just seem, it seems like a band that really got foothold and they are. They, I mean, it's, it's a killer album. You've got, Midlife Crisis was a big one on it. A small Victory. Um, what else was on there? Probably the one everyone knows off of it, which is funny, that not their own song, as they did a cover of Easy by the Commodores. That's the other one I remember, yeah. Um, but it's another album. I don't know how many tracks are on it, 12 songs or whatever, and it's not a bad song on it. It's an absolute corking album. It's, it's lots of experimental, but very cool right. uh, songs on it. Um, so, and I, yeah, I played it to death. Um, still love it. It's weird because that song "Epic" always reminds me of Los Angeles, but right. um, because me and I, me and my brother went to um, Los Angeles, went to America in 1990, I think it was. Yeah, right. it been for my 21st birthday, and back in back in the day, kids, before you had iPods, you could go to a <laughs> shop, you go to a shop, and you could make a compilation oh. CD. So you would choose what tracks you wanted, and you had to choose ten tracks for like. $25 or something it was. It was fucking ridiculous, the price. And I remember thinking, I know that song. I'm going to put that song. I was trying to find songs that reminded me of America. So I put right. in, I put in, um, I love LA or we love LA, whatever it is. The, um, oh, Randy Newman. Randy Newman song. You win hey. again. You win again by the Bee Gees for some fucking reason. <laughs> and, That's and, very American. Yeah. yeah very and American, and epic, one. epic by Faith No More. And it was like, it was real weird. I wish I could find that CD. I don't know where it well, is. The album, just uh, for information, that album's 92. Oh, right. Okay. Thank you for that. Uh, Leon, uh, <laughs> no, that's cool. I love just more... just to prove it was uh, nice... yeah, as many statistics as possible. That's what we love. Uh, Neil, yeah. what's your number seven? It'd be Moby and Play. I just think, well, what an album that is. I know it's very late nineties, but still a, a, a stalwart on my a record disc, as a record player, as they would say. Um, I know each track is a single, and each track's been played to death, and he sold it. To me, wisely, he made himself enough money out of there to do what the fuck he wants whenever. Sold nearly every record on that album for movies, for adverts and everything. But it hasn't tainted it, and I still think it's awesome. Awesome album. See, that's somebody I've never been able to get into, is Moby. No? No. What about you, Leon? Uh, yeah, I like that. I like that. I, uh, there's some really good tracks on that album. Mm. It's very mellow. I like the one that, there was the one that followed as well. Um, um, yeah, that was um, 13. That was We Are Made of Stars. Yeah, it was 13 a, or something like that, wasn't that's it? That's a great track. Yeah. I love that. That's really, he has done some really good tunes. You know, and I think he's forgotten what he did. I mean, his headline set at Glastonbury, I'm going to talk about that when he did that. I know that was in the 2000s, but I think the guy stole the weekend, personally. I think that's another thing about his is, again, it's one of those artists, it hasn't, it hasn't sort of... Um, doesn't sound dated. No, not at all, does it? It, it sounds quite sort of, you know, mm. it's quite universal and it sound. Horseman, so, yeah, you must know that song. Yeah, well, Horseman, from the yeah. beach. Pal. What I was going to say is, uh, would I listen to a lot of his stuff and think, oh, God, oh, that song, I recognize oh, that song. Yeah, beach. probably. Yeah, from, yeah, from that movie or from that TV mm. show or that advert or whatever it is, that's my, probably what it would be with me with Moby. It probably would, but like Leon said, it's probably one of the chillest albums I think ever. You, sing, Neil, sing me one of the. Porcelain, you could pass out to. It really is quite. <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> yeah. 
I was singing. I'm not singing any of his songs. Go do do do. Come on. Oh, that one. Oh, I love yeah. that one. Yeah, that one. Uh, right. My number seven is The Man Who by Travis. Ooh, good shout. Um, mainly because when I was back in whatever year it came out, and when I used to play football manager all the time. Yeah, so in the corner of corner of our bedroom, I'd have my headphones on and I'd be listening to the man who, from start to finish, right even to the very last track, when you hear the car going and walking on the gravel and the little um, extra track at the end, that if you just you know just let it play and it'll all of a sudden start playing. I think it's slideshow, isn't it? I think the very last song. Uh, but a great album. I love. Fran Healy and I love him as a songwriter I think he's done some um, there's a, an album that they had out a few oh, a couple of years ago and there's a song called Animal I think it's called they've got right. a new one out now haven't they have they got a new yeah. one out now have they I think they've got a new one out yeah. now yeah they got, and then and what I also love is that they they do great videos as well with a lot of yeah like, yeah a, they're very quirky fun. aren't they yeah, yeah. very quirky um, and Fran Healy is just a, I think he's a great songwriter really a, mm. a good good yeah, song yeah. Uh, right then, number six then, Leon. Right, number six, we're going full, we're going full rock for this one. This is um, Metallica's Black album. Right, okay. Which was literally as a, as a young sort of, uh, whatever, 17, 18-year-old metaler with a hair everywhere. When this came out, I died and gone to heaven. Um, you know, this was, I didn't know a lot of Metallica stuff. I knew bits and bobs. But when this, when this album came out, it was everywhere. Um, you know, you've got Enter Sandman and you've got um, Nothing Else Matters and The Unforgiven and Sad But True and all these other... And it, and it right from the off, this album, it literally, it just punches you in the face. You know, when it starts off with that, you know, there's Enter Sandman riff and then jump, 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 it comes in. And it's literally, it's like somebody taking a hammer and smash you in the face. <laughs> and and it, there are, it does go into, but it just, it's just, it's... It is. It's a freight train of an album. Um, but there's so many good songs on it. And now a lot of people, the early Metallica fans, said it was a bit too polished and they like the earlier sort of more kind of, you know, underground kind of... The Dave Mustaine years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you've got Ride the Light in and Kill Em All and, and this kind of stuff. And there's some great stuff on it. But this was a bit more, I guess, I guess it was an album more for the mainstream. Um, I didn't wasn't particularly fond of what of what followed really of Load and all the other ones, but but it's a cracking album. Mm. Uh, and I again, I, it's on my list probably because back then I, I played it over and over. I got all the singles and I got the gatefold and I got you know you name it, I got it. So and I went to see him at Milton Keynes on the tour that followed in '92 because this is another album of 1991, and they were just amazing. Um, just incredible band. So, yeah. So that's they're having a retrospective six. now, aren't they? Because old Miley's released one of uh, nothing else. That's right. Others. Well, the Black Album—they've just released uh, a 30th anniversary with loads of outtakes and extra mm. songs. And it's it, it, there is there's one version you can you know you can buy different levels of the pack you get. There's one and it's literally got everything, but the, the kitchen sink in it. You know, it's it's I can't go as how much money it is, but it's. <laughs> You name it, you get you get everything. Well, I, I do so. feel like I'm a little bit trendier now because I bought <laughs> I, well, I bought nothing else matters on um, oh, CD single. See. It's a it's a great song, and again, the video is mm. them. So I think it's this footage of them playing it live, isn't it? Like in the studio, I think, yeah, yeah. There's, there's like different footage, takes think, of it and stuff. That's right. Part of them live and part of them in the studio. Yeah, 
But it's a great song. I can remember the the Freddie Mercury concert. I think they did they open right. it or they were very <clears throat> early on. They were early. I think and, so. And, yeah. and, and they did they did nothing. That was when I first heard it. A great song. Mm. Great mm. song. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, right, Neil, you're number six. This is where I struggled. So I got two, but I'm I will try and nail it down. So first off, I had automatic for the people with REM. Um I was a huge REM fan in in the nineties. Really enjoyed their stuff and even was lucky enough to see them play at Glastonbury in ninety-nine. Um and probably still up there with one of the best gigs. So that album I mean, it's, it is iconic, isn't it? It's an iconic album. But then again, I had Radiohead, the Bends. Because again, it's another album that I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know where to go. There he goes. <laughs> um, so it's one of those two, and I really can't make my mind up. Um, so Radiohead so, the Bends is probably the most accessible Radiohead album to me for any. It's an awesome album. It is. I mean, Fake Plastic Trees, what a beautiful song. Street Spirit. Street Spirit, well, a personal favorite yeah, of mine. Absolutely gorgeous song. Hmm. No, Pav. Never tried I, the bends. No, look. Have you I, never you've never heard, right? No. Never heard. I, I have. Just. I, I spent a whole afternoon at work one afternoon a few months ago just listening to Radiohead because I wanted to say, right, I've I've always said I don't get them, so I thought I'm gonna give them a try. And I still don't get them. I don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> I don't understand. The Benz is the most accessible album. Right. Well, then, and I obviously just don't get them because that was the album that I was listening to. And yes, all right, Creep and Fake Plastic Trees. Oh, Creep's not on that one. No, no, no. But I'm saying, yeah, I know that. Is Creep not on that album? No, it was on the one before. Yeah, the one before it. Yeah. Yeah, In regards to, yeah, and what's the other one? No Surprises, is that? That yeah, one? Oh, that's on. That's on. Okay, computer. Okay, I think. Yeah. yeah. So I, I know a couple of their songs and I don't mind them. But listening to the albums, 
I it just it just wouldn't penetrate me. Do you know what I mean? That sounds terrible. I know, you like you're a man who likes to be penetrated. I do. And the it's, other thing you know, is they're, they're not afraid to go their own direction, are they, Radiohead? No. Have you seen then no. uh, eight nine <coughs> version of Creep that they've released? No, I've not. Really? Seen yeah, it it's it's like it, it sounds like when you get your iPod or your phone and you put it on half speed. It is, um, it is as slow as you can. And people are thinking that they're taking the piss. They're just thinking, well, you know, we never do this song live, so we're just going to do a big, long fucking version. And it <laughs> everybody. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, but, you know, if you love it, that's fine. I'm not going to look at you. So first. which one did you actually go for then? Is your, I don't um, know. I really six. can't make my mind up. Or you but must choose. You must yeah, choose. You when to. I come to my top ten, I will choose. When I so re- does that mean Ooh. that the other one is your number five? No. Because so, uh, I've got ones on. I listen to more. So you mean that one of them is either number six or completely out of your top ten? I wasn't going to knock it out because that makes no fucking won't... sense at all. That makes yeah, no sense. Do you think? Do you think if it would be the next one down? Yeah, you think well, it'd be number seven? Right. Well, I'm not the next. Well, one no, out. no, I'm not. I'm not telling you to do it. I, in my mind, yeah. that if it so if it doesn't make number six, it doesn't make any part of your top. No, ten. because the other ones are ones that I listen to more. Right. Okay. As I explained to you, it's albums that I listen to. Okay. Still. No, that's fine. It's your top ten. I don't right. want to make you get rid of them. Anyway, my number six. What's the story? Morning Glory. Um, Oasis again. A little bit like Spice Girls and Robbie Williams. The 90s were their time. Um, and I was, at that time, I was totally taken away with the whole Oasis versus Blur thing. The whole um, just being an Oasis fan, buying every cassette or every CD single, because every CD single was like a mini album because it would have two or three fantastic songs on the CD single, you know, that you'd never heard before. Oh. Um, and obviously that album is the one that's got it's not again not just the hits but Cast No Shadow it's just got so many great songs um, so yeah so I'm, I'm, that's all I'll say about Oasis uh, for the time being on that the, one the sad thing for me I'll jump in on that the sad thing for me is I, I probably would have liked Oasis more because I was never really a fan like that if Liam Gallagher hadn't been yeah. I couldn't stand it I, I just think he's an arrogant twat yeah but I also I couldn't stand um I couldn't stand his voice. It's that it's that drone he does, that twangy drone. She and it just every, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> every time I hear that, yeah, it makes it makes like it makes my, my hairs on my neck go up. It's yeah. it's horrible. Yeah. Um, but I um I, I can't deny that there's a lot of amazing songs they've written out, you know, well his brother's written every yeah, year. Yeah. Um oh, yeah, yeah. you know. No, that that, but, makes, um, that makes perfect sense. It does. But I get what it's I get why it's there. Yeah. Okay. On the list. Indeed. Uh, number five for you then, Leon. Five for me. Uh, Soundgarden. Rupert commented earlier on that it has to be a Soundgarden album. There has to be it has to be super unknown. What a f- fucking album. Um, first album I really got into Soundgarden. I heard Spoonman. Funny enough, before Black Hole Sun, which was the big. I heard Spoonman, I thought, what the hell is this? Vocally, I mean, Chris Cornell, there aren't many people who can match up. Um, his, his vocal range is insane. Um, the songs are just, again, it's another album. It just it just smashes you in the face from the moment you hear it. And it's just, it just, I can't, there's quite a lot of tracks on it. I think it's about 14 or 15 tracks. Again, there's not a bad track on the album. 
and it just displays amazing songwriting. The lyrics are great, vocals are great. Um, that one is '94. Just so it proves it in the nineties again. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. So uh, again, I listened to that, and um, I will say I tried to I, band previous bands I've been in. We we attempted a couple of songs off of that. But most of them I couldn't get anywhere near his vocal range, but. Um, a real sad loss to the music world, Chris Absolutely. Cornell, amazing songwriter and musician. But that, that to me is, yeah. A lot of people would go for the, the album before, which is, um, I can't remember what it's called now, Motor Bad Finger or something like that. And that, that's, um, you know, I, I didn't know that so well. Um, but but it's, a, it's a belter. It's, it's a cracking album. Wore it out. Yeah, I, I've got nothing to say on Soundgarden because I think I, it's only Black Hole Sun that I think I've ever heard of theirs probably so. probably a little bit too too maybe a little bit too heavy for your tastes i don't know but yeah but what like no, 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 what, you know, what you mean like what you mean like spice girls you mean or yeah, yeah <laughs> well, you know, i didn't i was i agree you said uh, the, the imaging was nice i mean you know they, they a couple of them they looked quite good didn't they yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i ain't saying them on that no, no. leon you should have heard the day that i played corn on the radio for how oh my god Corn, yeah, they did some great songs. Corn, yeah, but was that the one that was going nick, nick, pony, whack, yeah. Was yeah. it that one? Yeah, I don't know, that's yeah. not one I know. Yeah. Freak, the, my first, the first thing I heard of Corn was Freak on a Leash, yeah. And there's a great video, it's, it's an amazing video, right? I heard Freak on a Leash, and I thought, this is nuts, but it's great. You just couldn't get it out of your head. Another band that was fucking awesome live, fucking awesome live. Is that is that on YouTube? Is it? If you want it right, I don't think you'll be into the song, right? But if you look at Freak on a Leash by Corn and look at the video, the video is brilliant. Okay. It's a really clever video. I'll have a little look at that later on, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But you will hate it. <laughs> okay. But, but you will, I, I, I'm fairly confident you will hate it. Have okay. an afternoon of corn. Oh, God. <laughs> afternoon of corn. Uh, Neil, you're number five. Right. I've made an executive decision. I'm moving <laughs> things around. It's going to be automatic for the people because I don't right. want the flack. Um, like I said, I've got a lot of lot of time for that. And the song "Everybody Hurts" when it was used on every fucking charity thing and every solemn bit, and it sort of <coughs> tainted that song a bit for me. And I've sort of rediscovered it in the last couple of years. And how bloody beautiful! And it's not a depressing song if you listen no, to it. No, at all. It's, it's a song of hope. Song. It mm. is. It is, and uh, but it was, I, it we was, discovered it. It was a 90s version of what Drive by the Cars in was the in 80s, the 80s. Yeah, it just got, yeah, used too much, too too much in those sort of things. So, mm. yeah, what a beautiful, beautiful song. Beautiful good, song. Good choice. Well, my number five is Out of Time by R.E.M. Ah, <laughs> um, so, and I, and, R.E.M. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I think we've both, well, we've all had at least one R.E.M., album in our uh, top 10s. Oh, I've been greedy. I've had two. Yeah. Um, I just think, again, like Leon said earlier on, it's just a, a classic album. I don't think there's a, a dud song on that album. It's, um, and the hits, like you say, I think the hits made it, made them sound like they were this really poppy, happy, jumpy kind of band, but they had a lot more, la- loads more layers to, to them than, yeah, yeah. than, than that. <clears throat> you Lyrically know? superb. Yeah. And again, Really interesting videos. Um, 
you know, every and every again, again, they changed with the times, changed their image a little bit, mm. changed their sound a little bit, made everything sound fresh. Um, so yeah, so that's my that's my number five. Um, Leon, your number four. My number four, um, I'm going. This was a. I'm trying to remember who introduced me to this album. I think it might have been Andy Hughes actually. Um, and uh, this again is another album from '91. Uh, incidentally, fun fact, there are on my top 10, I, I, when I looked them up for years, there are five albums that are all 91. Wow. And it just shows what an incredible year it was for music because I, there were lots of others. You remember you were talking about the thing you'd seen and that there's only maybe a couple off of that list that are on my list. Yeah. So you actually look at it as a year. It was, it was insane the amount of incredible, iconic albums that come out in that one year alone. <clears throat> but anyway, Andy Hughes introduced me to this band. So you've got to check these guys out. This is amazing. And that is Rage Against the Machine and their debut album, Rage Against the Machine. Uh, I'd never heard anything like it. What a guitar player, Tom Morello, um, doing some of the stuff he was doing. You, you're trying to figure out what the hell he's playing, how he's doing it. Zach um, Ross's vocals, I mean, they smack, again, they're, they're like a smash in the face, but they're like, they're really powerful. And once you start listening, there are people, I've heard of people going, oh, it's really vulgar. He's just this guy gobbing off. If you listen to what he's singing about, yeah, especially on tracks like Wake Up, which they use at the end of The Matrix, and you listen to what he's talking about, it's it's heavily, I mean, it is, they're, they're all politics. And I love that. You know, that's why I got into the early U2 stuff. I love the political side of it. And, and they're, they're dishing out politics with spades and it's, it's good and it's really intelligently written. People who think that he's just like this guy, oh, fuck, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, and all this. If you listen to what he's singing about in between that, it's incredibly powerful stuff. Mm, right. uh, and he's, you can tell he's a very, very well-read and smart man who's really got his finger on the pulse of what's going on and knows a lot of history, particularly, you know, by different things from, I mean, he talks about in, um, in Wake Up about, you know, um, Martin Luther King being you know, being killed partly in the song, he says, because of his views on Vietnam. And, and, and you know, it's just, uh, what it is, it's wake up, wake mm. up, smell of coffee, America. You know, you're on mm. the wall pulled over your eyes and being fed bullshit. I mean, bullet, bullet in the head. I mean, what a song. Have you, have you ever heard that? No, I mean, listen, I might, listen, might well have heard it and not known the If you listen was. to it, it's, it's lyrically, it's very, very clever. The whole idea that we get plugged into the, plugged into the media, plugged into the TV, and, um, you know, they call it another victim of the in-house drive-by. They say jump, you say how high. And it's the whole idea that you just glue yourself to the TV and you believe what they're telling you, all the bullshit yeah. that they're telling you, because that's how we're brought up. That's what we're... But it, it's, it's, it's a belt and album, musically. Right. Um, there's, a, there's a great video on YouTube of Tom Morello um, on stage with Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, that's uh, right. He toured uh, with him, and he, yeah, the, the ghost of Tom Joad, yeah, like, like a beefed up version, and you can see like Steve Van Zant and that watching Tom Morello going, <laughs> "What the <laughs> fuck is he doing yeah, with that yeah. guitar?" And they're yeah. all just playing like the same chords, trying to keep up with him, and like um, Bruce Springsteen does a couple of like 
instrumentals and you can see that he's like really trying to be intricate and then Tom Morello just comes on and starts doing all this with his fingers up and down the fretboard it's, <coughs> it's insane what he does yeah mm. and there's some of them some of the guys who are obviously like near 60 or whatever probably older looking at him going what a fucking noise what the fuck just oh god but it's amazing it is amazing because like you say he makes his guitar not sound like a guitar yeah, I mean, there's some clever effects and things going on, but you've got to know how to use them, and you've got to know exactly, and, and the exactly. And you still got you still got to use the techniques. <laughs> you don't you don't get it just by you know switching on a button and all of a sudden yeah. the magic happens. Mm. Um, but the, the the only thing about that album I think is a bit of a shame is that the the song that everyone um, what's the um, oh, I'm having a blank spot the big uh, track off of that which oh, was yeah. um, Killing, Killing the Name, name Off. off. Yeah. So, of course, everybody jumps on that. And, of course, for anyone who's maybe not into the band, it gives them lots of fuel for, oh, this is just a load of bands shouting and screaming and swearing for, for two minutes at the end. It's not the, it's nowhere near the best track on the album. Right. Um, and but there's a lot nice more depth. That it not the old... Uh, it, well, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was yeah, quite yeah. funny. But it, it's... Yeah. Um, that's why I would say to anyone, give, give the album a chance because there's some amazing music on it. Mm. Um, and, that, and nobody, that was the thing I loved about it. I can't think of anything else in and around at the time that sounded anything like it. No. And it instantly, you know, you know them straight away when you hear them, even before any vocals or anything come in. It's it's completely their sound, and and you know, at a time where you're being flooded with music and so much of it, to come out with something that's completely different and new is is quite an achievement, really. Mm. But anyway, so that's my. That's 91, and that's that's my number four. Nice. Neil, your number four. Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. What a okay. great album. What a great debut album. And uh, tracks on it. I don't know whether you're fans of hers. Some people aren't. <clears throat> yeah, it's a good album. <clears throat> I don't think she ever achieved what she achieved in that album again. And what a find by Madonna, wasn't it? She was the one that signed her. Really? Her, uh, that. original record label that she did, uh, Maverick Labels. Oh. So that was uh, with Warner. No, and I just, I don't know, I still think that album, it's another one that's timeless, you know, and great lyrically. You think mm. about, you know, you ought to know and... Um, um, ironic. Ironic. I mean, all right, it's been taken the piss out of, but if you listen to it there, it's, yeah. it's a wonderful <laughs> song. It's a great it's song. It's a great song. It's just, yeah, it's not that much <laughs> irony in it. No. <laughs> <laughs> it should be called Sod's Fucking Law. That's yeah, it. yeah. That's <laughs> <the lyrics. laughs> But I just, yeah, I just yeah. think, and yeah, I think it's a great album. I still feel it holds up, and yeah, kudos to Alanis there for that one. And of course, she was God. She was God. She was in, in, uh, dogma. She was God. in dogma. Yeah, and yeah, made me a believer for five minutes. <laughs> she was, a, she was the master of her own destiny as well, wasn't she? Because she was all on her own doing that. She went out, and she was like the first sort of uh, to me that brought um sort of a rockier side to the female vocal you know as a solo artist out i think it's a great album Absolutely what about joan album. jett and the black hearts but she loved rock Put and another roll dime in the jukebox exactly thing. exactly um okay then my number four is uh, i i did mention it in my intro uh but seriously phil collins <laughs> And another, thing, another well, another is that, thing is, I don't think people realise now just again how massive he was in the nineties. Yeah, because no, I thought it was yeah, more eighties. Realising more, more in the eighties, but but in the nineties you had like Genesis, 
with their like we can't dance album. Yeah, they yeah, they, yeah. they they were selling out Wembley. Phil yeah. Collins was selling out Wembley. Buster, the album, the, the, mm-hmm. the the movie. Was that, was that was in the nineties? Was it? Was that, I, that was no, early. that was late. That was eighty eight. So that was late. Oh, was it? Well, yeah. I mean, that's nearly nineties, isn't it? You know, it would have been <laughs> out on it, it, it would have been out on video in the nineties, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's fine. But he was like, he was massive, and I think the but seriously was at the that's when he was at his actual peak. And I think for the first four or five songs of that album, is there? I got like um, what's the one? The Another one day there? in paradise. Yes, that's it. Um, yeah. yeah, there's some there's some great songs on that album and i just i think again just for who he was at that particular time um yeah. I, I loved a lot of his he's still stuff. one of the top selling artists ever isn't he yeah yeah. Without, yeah 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 no jacket required another great album hello i must be going another great yeah. album um yeah. yeah he does some great albums um yeah i'm interested about my number three i want to see what you're saying about my number th- okay that's my number four leon you're number three okay number three um so this is Top end of the night. This is 99. Um, I first saw this band. I think it was Top of the Pops was still going then. And I saw him playing a song which was off of the, the previous album. And I'd heard it and then I kind of lost track with him. And I, and I remember seeing Richard Branson talking about his new label, which is the Virgin label, V or whatever he called it. And he mentioned the band again. And I, I couldn't remember who they were. And he mentioned, he said, keep a lookout for this band. They've got a new album out. It's going to be big. I, I heard the first track, which I think was, um, I think it was Bartender and the Thief, uh, Stereophonics, uh, Performance and Cocktails. Um, and I, I just, that was it. I was just hooked. And I bought the album. And I, I must have played that album to, you know, just so many times. There's not one bad song on it. It's an absolute masterpiece. And, and what I love about it is some of the actual guitar work on it. Is it's quite simplistic, but he he's doing it. There's always that thing about when you write a song, the space in between is just as important as what you're actually playing. Yeah, yeah. And that album is just a perfect example of that. There are songs on there like Plastic California. My one of my personal favourites on there is is Yesterday, Tomorrow, Today. Um, and it's just it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful song, um, but it's just. I think what I like it. It feels very. Ho- it's very homegrown. There, there are guy. There are a bunch of guys from a little town in the middle of nowhere in Wales, and just by total luck, they were playing the town they live in. Um, they call it in early on. They call it the Goldfish Bowl because of the, the hills that's around. There's only one road in, one road out. Middle right. of nowhere, little Welsh community. And one day they were playing like an open. They were playing an open mic for a talent show in one of the bigger towns down the road, and just by chance, there was a music agent around. And all of a sudden they found that they were the next big thing. And what I like about it is they write about real things. feels very homegrown. They're writing about characters and people that they grew up with and small town life. Um, and it, it feels very personal because of that. You know, you really feel like you're getting a real snapshot of, of their life and them growing up. Mm. Um, you know, really great characters, Bartender and the Thief, you know, <clears throat> if you listen to the song, it, it's just great lyrically. Um, yeah, it's a blinder. Love it. And just looking, what a beautiful song. Yeah. I know it's been it. another one that's been played to death on all sorts of weird and wonderful things, but if you reevaluate it, it's a beautiful song. Hmm. It really is. Okay. That's my nice. number three. That's your number three. <coughs> Neil, your number three. You're going to love this one, Pav. 
OK Computer. Hey! <laughs> I can remember the first time I listened to it, and I even I thought, what the fuck are we doing here? But it took that little bit, you know, that second listen and delve into it to really appreciate what it was. Paranoid Andrew, Android, Andrew, <laughs> Android. Uh, what, yeah, uh, it's just all of it. You're not, you're not talking about it. the prince, are you, by any chance? But yeah, Sorry, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you think about Radiohead, Leon. I know I've I've certainly dealt with Pav and Radiohead. I, I, I like Radiohead. I'm not I'm, I'm not what you call a not diehard fan, but <clears throat> some of their stuff I can really appreciate musically. I think. The trouble is songs like Creep yeah. have been like, people think that's the only song they've ever done. Um, one of my first songs I heard, was, I think it was Just. Just, you know, um, the, the, the video is really intriguing. There's a guy led on the floor and <clears throat> they walk over and ask him what's wrong and, oh, and they yes, say, I can't yeah. tell you. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's, a, it's just a kick-ass song. Mm. Um, I love the way it plays. I love the, the guitar work in it. Um, for me... Uh, the Benz, like you say, some great tracks. Um, I play Street Spirit. I, I love that song. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful song. Um, but OK Computer, I mean, what's the, what was the first Karma Police? Karma Police was their first single. I mean, single what, what a track. I mean, lyrically, mm. you know, it's just, it's nuts. You listen it to his is. lyrics, but they're, they're so clever. I wish mm. I could write lyrics like that. And it, it was, it was uh, the, you can see that, you know, their experimentalness of the whole thing is just, I think it's brilliant. I absolutely yeah. think it's brilliant. Yeah, good and I love shout, the good, fact good that they're still, they're still changing it up now and, you know, they give <clears> back to their fans. You know, they'll rock up where they come from in Oxford and play a little pub just mm. for their fans. I think it's a beautiful thing to give back to them. Love to go and see them do it, but, you know, hey ho. Nah. Go on, go on, Pav, <laughs> try again. Okay, no, let's move on. Uh, my number three is um, Tubular Bells 2, Mike Oldfield. (laughs) (laughs) Is he serious? That is deadly serious. Are you serious? Deadly serious. Now, I can remember he did Tubular Bells 2 live at Edinburgh Castle, and it was live on the BBC, and there were like 20-odd musicians, and I'd never heard Tubular Bells. I'd heard of it, and I'd obviously heard the bits of it that are on... The Exorcist, the original Bells. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was intrigued, and then it. I just devoured it. I bought the the CD or whatever, or the cassette or whatever it was, and played it over and over again. And it is a beautiful piece of work. And to watch him and all of his musician friends do it live is just mesmerizing because you've got all these top class musicians, and it is literally exactly the same as the recording. You know, and there it seems to be. I mean not for someone like you, Leon, who, who can play intricate stuff on a I, guitar. I can't play like Mike Oldfield. So. It's, but it's amazing. Um, it's it's amazing. And then I listened back to the original Tubular Bells and yeah. was really disappointed with it because it just sounded flat and sounded um, sparse. And I know that that's the, obviously the one that the Tubular Bells yeah. do because it's basically like a, a remake of it, a re-recording of it. Mm. But it's just, there's some beautiful pieces of music on it. And, and I listened back to it about two, three weeks ago, and still find it like beautiful. Some parts of it are just absolutely beautiful. Well, I think that's interesting you saying about that because I say some of the some of the ones on my list are albums that I, certainly back in the day I played to death. You know, I was playing yeah. them all the time, but some of them now I don't I don't play as much. But they 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 had a massive impact 
on me in the 90s. I mean, like the Metallica album, I don't really play that anymore. Um, I guess it's, it, you know, that's probably actually one of the ones I, I don't. Some of the other ones I, I probably probably do. That's probably one of the only ones I don't play so much. Um, maybe a couple of others, which we'll get to. But um, anyway, but yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I've, I'd forgotten that was even a thing. Tubular bells too. Well, I think he's he's done a tubular bells three, and then he's releasing another tubular bells. Like it's not going to be four, is it? It might be. It might be. <laughs> it might be. Um, right then, uh, Leon, you're number two. Number two, uh, I really struggled between one and two because both of them had such a massive impact on me, and I I was torn to give them like both first place, but I can't. So I've got to go first place with the album that, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. So again, this is 91 again. Um, I remember going on a drive down to Southampton with Pete, my friend of mine, Pete Monk, and he put this cassette, he said, I've, I've copied this cassette, he recorded it off of the mate or off of the album or whatever. And we played it and he introduced me to the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Blood Sugar Sex Magic. And I listened to it and I thought, what the fuck is this? And the more I listened to it, I thought, this is just insane. What the hell is going on with the bass? It's all over the place. Um, you know, I didn't really like rap music, but all of a sudden I'm listening to this guy, you know, singing about dicks and stuff all the time <laughs> every five minutes. But there's some really good, there's some really good kind of, again, a bit of a political edge and some of the power of equality stuff. Yeah. Some really great, there's some ballads on it, you know, Under the Bridge, things like this, but really meaningful lyrics. Um, I think it's, Easily one of the finest albums. I know you know people will disagree. I think easily one of the finest albums. Whoops. Oh, yeah. Still there. <laughs> yeah, we're still there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, the battery power's gone down to 20. So oh, no. there we go. Oh. Um, so it's easily one of the best albums of the decade. Um, so I still love that album and could mm. play it over and over and never get bored of it. It's got everything, it's got great musicianship, it's got fun, laughs, swinging dicks, it's got the whole <laughs> whole shebang. <laughs> Right, we'll move on so we don't uh, so we can get everything in before the That's all right. then runs out. Uh, Neil, you're number two. Nirvana, never mind. Okay, what an album! What an <clears> album! <throat> what a th- yeah. Um, what is there to say? I mean, I don't know whether you're a fan of Nirvana at all, Pab, but I can take them or leave them. You know, when it first when it first crashed in on and you first it smells like Teen Spirit that song. I was like, what is this? It's not really heavy metal. It's not. It was a new genre, and obviously it was, it was a new a genre. genre that came yeah. out. And yeah, not a bad track on the album. It's an album I'll keep listening to. I'm, I'm. There's nothing more to say. Everybody should own a copy of Nevermind. That's uh, it. I haven't got a copy of Nevermind. We get one. Okay, I will. No, no uh, comment. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a Nirvana fan. No comment. Oh. All right. Okay. I, okay. Um, my number two is Acting Baby. Um, oh wow! I didn't but, expect that. Yeah, I was I was the same as Julian. I loved the whole um, Joshua Tree, Rattle and Hum, the 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 movie um, where the streets have no name in that movie. Oh, what a just yeah. when the, when Ed starts playing and the lights are flashing, what a great start to a gig. You know, and then when oh, it, you're about Rattle and Hum. Yeah, the, mm. when the, the, with, the, with the with the red backdrop. Yeah. And then I when watched the, when, him, I watched him in '89 in Paris when he walked on stage doing that, uh, and I was 16 years old and I had tears in my eyes. All the, when all the band come my, in, and it then was the, just amazing. The, the lights go on the crowd. What a fucking yeah. spine tingling moment! Yeah. So 
when this album came out and the fly was the first single right from that first down 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 what yeah. the fuck is this and i love yeah from the very start and the fact that this album has got the song that i want played at my funeral which is one which right. to me to me is one of the greatest songs ever recorded written yeah yeah um it is just a beautiful simple but such an emotional song um there are so many great songs on this album um mm. it, I'm obviously uh, it's my favorite U2 album um and yeah my number my number two movie good choice man good choice yeah, yeah. um right so leon if you want to count down from your 10 to number two okay so 10 to number two so uh number 10 is delamitri and twisted uh, number nine is rem's out of time eight is reef and glow uh seven is faith no more with angel dust Six is Metallica's Black Album, the Black Album. Uh, five is Soundgarden and Super Unknown. Uh, four is Rage Against the Machine and Rage Against the Machine, the debut album. Three, Stereophonics, Performance of Cocktails. And at number two, the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Nice. And Neil, you're 10 to 2. So number 10 is uh, U2's Actung Baby. Popular Ooh. choice there. Number nine, Madonna, Ray of Light. Number eight, R.E.M. Monster. Number seven, Moby with Play. Number six, Radiohead, The Bends. Number five, Automatic for the People, R.E.M. Number four, Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. Number three, Radiohead, OK Computer. Number two, Nirvana, Nevermind. You need to own a copy. Mm. Uh, my number 10 is Spice by Spice Girls. <laughs> number nine, Keep the Faith, Bon Jovi. Eight, Sing When You're Winning, Bon, jo- uh, bon Jovi, uh, Robbie Williams. Uh, seven, The Man Who, Travis. Six, What's the Story, Morning Glory, Oasis. Five, Out of Time, R.E.M. Four, But Seriously, Phil Collins. Three, Tubular Bells, Two, Mike Oldfield. And number two, Acting Baby by You Too. So, Leon, what's your number one album of the night? Okay, 90s? so this this is the album for me, Define the Night is it was so massive i i think i just got into maybe the second year at college and this was everywhere <clears throat> i owned a cassette which i actually broke while i wore it <laughs> out and stretched it and had to buy a second one I used to play this it is of course nirvana never mind <laughs> it had it had to be there because it was a real game changer and all of a sudden it was like the 90s are here this is this is it this is this is the decade of music and people are just, what the fuck is this? You know, this just kind of angry, almost kind of like, it's not, not well, grunge. It's like, I don't know what it is. It's, like, it's the only second thing angrier than punk, isn't it? You know, mm. it's sort of, it just, it's like you said, Neil, that there's not a, a bad track on the whole album. Um, it's production is, is superb. Um, yeah, it's got everything. It's got everything you want. And for somebody, again, I was just starting to learn to play the guitar in, in 91 and it was you know i remember sitting in my room smashing along power chords to this for the first couple of years in the 90s you know um when this came out um yeah it is iconic it's about as iconic an album as i can think for the 90s really oh well, i mean I don't really yeah you can't <clears throat> get any more uh, succinct than that can you uh, I should I should get it I suppose now at least have a listen to it maybe. <laughs> well, that's the trouble. It's kind of you listen to it now. I listen to it now, and I maybe don't get it as much as I did then. Right, right. Because you've heard it since, and you've heard a lot of stuff that's similar or kind of changed since. It's a bit like if you listen to, um, you know, never mind the bollocks, the Sex Pistols. 
you listen to it now and you think, oh yeah, what was that? What the fuss about? Mm. But when that came out, it was wow, you know, yeah. what the hell is this? So it's it's a time thing, you know. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, right, Neil, <clears throat> you're number one. Only one album for me beat, never mind, and that was Pearl Jam's 10, the perfect Ooh. debut album. Um, and since then, Pearl Jam have been a stalwart of my life. I mean, hey, there you go. We've even got a tattoo for yeah. Pearl Jam. So uh, just the perfect album, every track. I just remember hearing Alive for the very first time before the album came out, Eddie Vedder's voice, and just thinking, holy shit, I haven't heard anybody like that before. And bought the album and never looked back. Ever. It's just perfect in every way. It's weird because that was the album I thought both of you would have in your top 10. Right. right. So like, I, like, yeah, a big, big fan of Pearl Jam. But, um, not quite so much. Um, again, I guess it would have been if we'd have maybe done a top 15 or 20, I probably would have been in there. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, made I, a point, I made a point yesterday at work of listening to that album a couple of times. What the Pearl Jam album? Yeah, because I've never listened to any Pearl Jam apart from Alive. What did you, think? What did you think? Yeah, yeah. Same as Radiohead. I had no idea what the, <laughs> what the, what the fuss was. Honest. Oh, really? I was. I, I was. I, I was no hope. There's no hope. No, I was waiting for it to like. Do you know what I mean? To grab me as if like, well, fuck it. Yeah, this is what I've been missing. Jesus, why have I not listened Again, to this album it's, it's before? It's a time thing. I think yeah, you heard it at the time. It too it's late. Very yeah, fresh. I think so. I think so. Um, right. I know I'm going to be ridiculed for my number one. Um, I'm going to take a guess at this. Go on then. Go on. What, no, no, no I'm not going to take a guess, but I think artist-wise. What do you uh, think? I'm not, I'm not, not, aqua, I'm, not I'm having no. a quit. Okay, well, it's Oasis, <laughs> um, but it's Be Here Now. Yeah, yeah, I've heard you talk about this album before you like this album. Yeah, this was the last album that I think the day that I bought it, I took it to my sound system, whatever it was that I had that I was listening, put headphones on and listened to it like three times on the trot, listened to the album, stopped, started at the start, listened again, stopped and started again. And it's very self-indulgent. Um, even Noel Gallagher has admitted that, you know, he spent way too long on it, spent way too much like trying to tart it up and stuff instead of letting the songs speak for themselves. But for me, that is that album is the '90s for me. I mean, I went to I went to Nebworth and saw Oasis um, when I think they 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 um, introduced two of the songs from this album. So you were like thinking, right, this is what they're saying. And Alan McGee from Creation Records was saying, oh, they're going to sound like the Sex Pistols and all this bollocks, you know, just to build it up. But there are just some. I, I listen to it now and it still gives me the joy probably the same as like with both of your you know when you listen to nirvana or or pearl jam I, think it's, I, I don't I, I bought i bought the remastered nirvana on cd a, a couple of years ago and i listened to it and I, I it was fun to listen to but it didn't have anywhere near the same impact right and that's why i know funnily enough if i actually went back to my number two the chillies I could listen to that now and I would love it just as much. Yeah. The Nirvana album, I love it because of how it made me feel at the time. And I, you know, it takes me, takes you, I mean, that's what music does. It takes you back to a time. And you remember, everybody remembers that first big album they bought or single or where they were, where they were listening to a particular song um, sort of thing. Um, And that's what I love about it. It was a huge part of my life for a couple of years. Um, But now not so much, you know, but, but it's, Still the thing is, it's, it's like you were saying about Liam Gallagher's voice. 
I don't think his voice has ever before or after that album sounded as good. Do you mm-hmm. know? It, it, take away the shine bits of it, but, or, <laughs> but the actual how his voice his voice sounded raw. It sounded it sounded just perfect for that album. Yeah. Um, and even the, you know, Noel Gallagher, he's, you know, the girl with the dirty shirt, and um, Magic Pie, and Which all around the, the world. That Jen, Johnny Depp played on. Oh Christ! Now you're saying it was a instrumental one. Well, it wasn't instrumental. No, Adam. I can't remember what it's called. It's Shane. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, he he does a bit of a slide guitar on it and mm. stuff. Uh, so that is my that's my number one. Fantastic! Ooh. Well done. There you go. Right, we had a few uh, honourable mentions. Um, Ross uh, put "I've Been Expecting You," Robbie Williams, "Park Life." Mm. Yeah, good shout. Good feeling, Travis. Um, different yeah. class, pulp. Uh, play Moby, All Saints, All Saints, uh, Hormonally Yours, Shakespeare's Sister, and his number one. <laughs> his number one was the Man Who, Travis. Um, Stu, Stu Grant had Pearl Jam ten, and also Pearl Jam Verses. Is that right? Yeah, that was their second album. Yeah. Okay, Guns and Roses, User Illusion two, um, The yeah. Prodigy, Music for the Jilted Generation, Chemical Brothers, Exit Planet Dust. That makes sense. I've not heard any of those albums, I have to say. <laughs> uh, left Field, Left Field, Sign Garden, Super Unknown. Uh, Alice in Chains, Dirt. Um, Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill, and Metallica, The Black Album. That's what Stu said. Uh, and Sarah Badger, Radiohead, The Benz. Uh, Oasis, What's the Story? The Levelers, Leveling the Land. Oh, yeah. Um, Pulp, Different Class, Robbie Williams, Life Through a Lens, Shakespeare's Sister, Hormonally Yours, My Life Story, Golden Mile. Any of those? Don't know that everyone's going. No, no. Counting <laughs> Crows, August and Everything After. Oh, that's a good album, yeah. More Chiba, Big Calm, and all cars to finish it off. Take that, everything changes. <laughs> if you insist. If you insist. Yeah, if you uh, insist. So thank you very much for all of those. Um, so that's it. Neil, do you want to just go through our little gubbins that we need to yes. go through all the stuff? Absolutely. You can find us on all the social media sites under Top 10 Pods. That's T-O-P-T-E-N Pods. Email us at top10pods at hotmail.com. Come and help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top 10 pods, where you can get rewards such as our episodes super early, bonus episodes, behind the scenes videos, and even a chance to be a guest on your own episode. Check out all of our links via Linktree. You can find the link in the show notes below. And please come and subscribe and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or subscribe and follow on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever the hell you get your podcast from. Wonderful. There you go. That's our top 10 90s albums. Wonderfully done, Leon. Thank you very much, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank and you. Um, thank you. Yeah, it's it's always nice to chat to you, mate. And I'll uh, Thanks, I'll, I'll see you, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back to reality with the bang. Back to reality with the bang. Cheers, guys. Thank you very thank much. You, um, thank, thank you. you thank you, pal. See you again. Thank Take you, care. everybody. And let's start the countdown.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.